This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Dollar Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And right now, it is February 26th, and I cannot believe that it is 79 degrees today. 79, not, (laughs) this is February, right? And and I apologize to you, if you're listening to this and you are on the other side of the country and you are in negative 79, like if you were dreaming like, man, I wish, I, I would kill for, 50. <laughs> I would kill for 30 degrees. Uh, again, I, I apologize to you for the weather that you're going through. And I have the audacity to sit here in California and complain about 79 degree weather today. But I'm, I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised at how hot it really is. We just finished a series that we were doing called 2020 from Vision to reality, where we talked about change in our lives. And and I'm excited because just for me personally, I've been able to maintain a hot streak. And and what I mean by that is I actually completed my first book of 2020, like not writing it. (laughs) I wish that I could say I'd written a book, but no, I completed reading my first book for 2020. For me, that's quite an accomplishment. Now, I've, I've read a lot of books in the sense of I am an audio guy. Like, if you, Audible is awesome for me. I love listening to books. So when it comes to listening to books, last year, I probably read over 20 books. But when it comes to actually, like, sitting down, opening up a page, feeling the crackle of the page, or I, I guess it's on my tablet, so feeling the flip <laughs> of the page. I don't know what the feeling would be, but watching the pages go by, I do tell you that there is one feature that I really love on Kindle, is when you look at the bottom of the page that you're reading, it tells you how many minutes, based upon how fast you read and turn the pages, it tells you how many minutes that you have left in the chapter that you're reading. That, to me, is just gold. And every once in a while, I'll look down, and it'll tell me how many hours and minutes I have left in reading the book that I'm reading. Again, gold. You guys at Kindle, you are just freaking brilliant. Because it motivates me. When I look down and say and see that I only have like two minutes more to read, boom, I, I keep on reading. So with that, I am so excited that I've actually finished my first book of 2020. And now I've picked up my second one. I've started reading through that. And I I was just really inspired. A a few years ago, I I saw some pastors at a conference that I was at too, and they were talking, or that I had attended, and they were talking about this new book that they had written called The Art of Neighboring. And at that point, being honest, I just wasn't ready to receive it yet. And then later on, this year, as I began to, I would say more so at the end of last year and the beginning of this year as I began to think about just who we are as encounter and what I would love to see happen in our church, I came across this book again, The Art of Neighboring. So I started just, you know, just, just looking through it, ended up 
purchasing it on Kindle. So that's the book that I'm reading now. And I'm already like five chapters in, which for me, again, another miracle. Thank you, James Clear, because you have helped me be motivated to continue on this path of just being able to accomplish um, what I wanted to do. For those of you who do not know who James Clear is, the book that I finished reading is called Atomic Habits. And it just really talks about practical things that you could do to be able to see change happen in your life. And so with that, I put them into practice and I actually like finished a book, <laughs> which for me, again, is something exciting to do, to actually read something physically and get it accomplished and get it done. So I just want to encourage you, if, if you have not listened to the podcast yet, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining me. I, I am so glad to have you here. But if you have not listened to the rest of the podcast, I would say the previous seven or eight podcasts were, were on making change and life change and seeing it happen in your life. I want to encourage you, go through, listen to those. I, I think you'll be really uplifted uh, by some of the things that I talked about and I had some guests that they talked about. But looking at just being able to see real practical change happen in lives, it is possible. So with this, what we did for our last series, see, well, let me just take a step back for a moment. The core value or, or the core verse that we have that really drives our church is Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, which says very simply, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second command is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So this was Jesus taking all of the commandments and summing, them, and summing them up into two. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. At Encounter, what we did is we broke that down and we put it in three ways. We said love up, love God, love out, love your neighbor, love in, love yourself. Love out to be madly and passionately in love with God. I'm sorry, love up to be madly and passionately in love with God, love out, to love your fellow man, to love those that are around you. What can you do to make the life of those around you better because of the way that you love them? And then love in. Take care of yourself. Make yourself better. Grow. Be the best you that you can be. This previous series that we just finished really was about loving in. It's about taking care of yourself and, and loving yourself and, and growing and seeing yourself begin to accomplish some things in your life. This new series that we're doing is inspired by the book, The Art of Neighboring. It's called The Art of Neighboring. And, and we're looking at this fact of what does it really mean to be a good neighbor? What does it mean, really mean to be a good neighbor? So that's where love out comes into play. How am I loving others the way that Jesus Christ has called me to love them? And here's what The Art of Neighboring asks you. It's, it's one simple question. What if... When Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself, what if he meant your literal neighbor? Your little neighbor. I know some people, what they've done is they've taken that word neighbor and, and we've taken it to mean our fellow man. And then there's no doubt, God does want you to love your fellow man. Let's absolutely make the commitment to do that. But what if we were to take this passage literally? literally, to love our next door neighbors. It doesn't matter if you are in a mobile home. It doesn't matter if you are in an apartment, a condo, townhouse, single family resident. If you're in a tent, <laughs> you got neighbors when you camp out too. 
But what would it look like if we really decided to love our neighbor, our literal neighbor next door? Now, let me tell you what inspired uh, this book, which was really neat. As I was reading through it, he talks about, it's written by a guy named Dave Runyon and an, another, oh, I just blinked out on the other guy. That's right, that's right, Jay Paddock. Sorry about that, Jay. I, I just remembered. But I, again, when it comes to this book, uh, what happened is there were 20 pastors in the Denver area that got together and thought, what can we do to change our city? So one of the neat things they did was they all got together with the, with the, the mayor of the city and said, hey, if we could bring about change in our city, what would be the city's greatest need? And so the mayor went through, he gave a list of things, but here's what he said to those pastors. He said, you know what? When I look at the social ills of my city, the way that they can be solved is just in this one way. What if you challenged your churches just to be better neighbors, just to be better neighbors. And so as I was watching the video that talks about this, and as I was reading through the book, uh, in the video, he talks about it really well. He says, we all felt convicted because here's the mayor of the city telling us as Christians to be good neighbors when in the scripture, Jesus tells us to love our neighbor as ourself. He was basically telling us to do what Jesus has already told us to do which I thought was really ironic. But then later on, they met with a city manager, Vicki Ryer, and, and here's what she said. She said that from the city's perspective, there isn't a noticeable difference in how Christians and non-Christians neighbor in our community. So here's what she was simply saying is, there's really no difference. There's really no difference between those of you who say you follow God, because talk, she was talking to the pastors, between the way that your church's your church's neighbor compared to everyone else, it's exactly the same. And so the pastors were really challenged by that as well. So they got together, uh, wrote a sermon series, all went through it. All twenty churches started the sermon series. At that time, the goal was really to create a movement in their cities, as far as just having Christians learn how to be really great neighbors. And there's a challenge that they gave to their churches. I'm going to give you that challenge a little bit later. But I, I think what it does is it really opens your eyes to begin to realize how I can better love my neighbor. Now, I, I also want to say this too. If you're listening to this podcast, and you're not a Christian. Again, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. But I also want to let you know that even as someone who's not a Christian, you can be a great neighbor as well. So I, I don't want to just limit it to just Christians too. But I think if we are someone who has decided to follow God, this conviction should drive us. It should move us. We should feel the same way that those pastors felt. Like, man, I am being challenged by the city government to do what Jesus has told me to do. So here's our point is as Christians, when it comes to our neighborhoods, we should be the best neighbor on the block. We should be the best neighbor on our block. Our entire neighborhood should know, if there's a place where I need to find love, it's at that neighbor. If there's a place where I can turn to where I need help, it's that neighbor. If there's a place where I can turn to where I just want to hang out and talk, it's that neighbor. It's that neighbor. So just think about how we can really change our community, change our neighborhood, if we just decided, you know what, I am going to neighbor the way that Jesus Christ has called me to neighbor. And as I was thinking about this, I remember when I was a kid. I was born in 1969, so I grew up in the 70s. 
I remember when I was a kid what neighborhoods were like. And it is true. It, it didn't matter where I lived, whether it was an apartment or whether it was in, you know, a city or in a house, I guess. I always, I've always lived in a city. <laughs> but it, it, it didn't matter where I lived. The neighbors all knew each other. They all knew each other. And I knew as a kid, if I acted up and a neighbor saw me, my mom would know about it before I even got home. <laughs> because the neighbors knew each other. My, the neighbors knew my mom's phone number. So they would call her and they would tell her what I did. And then when I got home, I would pay the penalty for what I did. I don't need to go into detail, but let's just say it was a penalty. <laughs> but it was just that kind of connection. Like everyone knew one another. It's very interesting, like in this day, in this in this day and age of technology, right? We have all of this technology that is designed to make our lives less complicated, to make our lives faster, uh, to free up time in our day. I remember when I was a kid, I remember being at my grandmother's house, washing my grandmother wash clothes. Like there was this machine that she had that you put your clothes in, it would, it would go through, and then there were these two rollers on top of the machine. You would put your clothes through the roller so it would wring out the extra water, and then you would hang your clothes in your backyard. There was no dryer <laughs> at that point. You would hang your clothes in your backyard. But you know what would happen? As while my grandmother is hanging her clothes, the neighbor would be hanging their clothes, so they're chit-chatting across the, across the fence, hanging out with one another. Uh, back in those days, we mowed our own lawns, right? So while you're mowing, mowing your lawn, you see your neighbor, you turn off the mower, you walk over, you hang out, you chit-chat for a little bit, maybe you invite your neighbor over for a beer, but there was, that, there, was, there was that time, there was that connection. Everyone knew one another. Everyone was deeply connected to each other. And so when you were going through something, your neighbors knew about it, and so your neighbors would rally around and support you and encourage you to help you through that time, no matter what it was. That's what community was like when I was a kid. But I can honestly say that it's not like that anymore. And, and like I said, when I, when I read this book, as I'm reading through, I'm sorry, as I'm reading through this book, and as I read this story, I will tell you that I personally felt convicted. I really did. I personally felt convicted. Because I begin to realize, like, I know my neighbors. I know my neighbors to a certain extent, but I don't know if I know them deeply. I, there's a couple of neighbors that our family's gotten connected to that we know their story, but I, I still don't know if I could say that I know them deeply. Now, when we do see one another, we'll stop, we'll hang out, we'll chit chat, we'll talk about life. So there is kind of a deeper connection in that way. But I would say that as far as overall in my neighborhood, I don't. I don't have that. And this is the first time in this that I really have. This is one of the reasons why, I, I have to be honest, I, I, I do love my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law knows our neighborhood. She knows everybody's business <laughs> because she connects with them. She hangs out. She chit-chats chit with them. Uh, when she sees them, she talks. She inter it, it's amazing. To watch her, it, it really is a gift in that way, the way that she's able to show love to our neighbors. And in some ways, it really has inspired me and motivated me as well. But I think that this is something that we should take time out to kind of dig into 
and really look at what do I do when it comes to loving my neighbor? And I've wanted to ask you this question because it's something that I've been wrestling with as well. And maybe you can ponder this with me. And that is, um, when it comes to the Christian life, has some of your life lost its fervor? Like, is there that aspect of Christianity for you that has become dry, that there's something missing out of it? I wonder if part of that is because of the fact that we don't really love the way that God has called us to love. Yeah, and, and here's what I mean by that. I, I think we're loving when it comes to, like, if we see a need as Christians, we'll, we'll hopefully jump in and see that need. Like, if we see people that are suffering, we'll jump in and we'll help out. If we see people going through something, we'll pray for them. At least I, I hope that we would. I, I think that there's been some aspect of generosity that we will have if if we find a, sub, a family that is going through something and suffering, we'll, we'll be generous and we'll help out in those ways. Maybe we'll bring them dinner in those ways. And, and, and those elements are, are great that we do that. But when it comes to our personal step of really being actively involved in the lives of those that are around us, can we say that we are? Can we say that we are? You know, when you look through the scriptures, one of the things that's really beautiful is if you look at the stories of Jesus. And here's one of the things that Jesus said. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, you will go on and you will have a greater impact than even that which I did. And I think Jesus Christ would say that same thing to the church today because of simply the level of potential that we have as a church I mean, the level of potential really is off the charts. It is amazingly off the charts. But there has to be an aspect of us willing to step in and be in that place where we can begin to practically show love. And, and maybe one of the best ways we can start is for you to maybe make a batch of cookies and go next door to your neighbor's house and just say, you know what, hey, I've lived here for 10 years. And I'll be honest, I've, I've never really taken the time to introduce myself to you. And I, I apologize for that. But you know what, I would really love the chance to be able to get to know you a little bit. Oh, by the way, my name is Ken. <laughs> well, that's my name. When you say, please say your name, not my name. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just imagine if we began to do that. And here's what I want to make this really clear too. Your neighbor is not your evangelical agenda. What I mean by that is this is not your time to go to your neighbor to try to quote unquote convince them to become followers of Jesus. No, no, no. That's not, that's not the goal. The goal is to simply show them love. See, I, I think the mistake that we have made as Christians is we have made the telling of our story more, I guess, more important, uh, more vital uh, than hearing the story of those that are around us. So what if we went to our neighbor with no agenda but to just 
love them. And love them would simply mean getting to know them, hearing their story. And, and yes, maybe that might mean that you encounter a neighbor whose lifestyle is different than yours. But isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? Like when Jesus intentionally went out and engaged the world, when he engaged the community, didn't he come across lives of people who were categorically different than his? Didn't he do that? So wouldn't it behoove us that if we call ourselves Christians, and the word Christian means Christ-like, wouldn't it behoove us then to begin to engage the world the same way that Jesus did? I would think so. I would think so. Because I will tell you that if we don't, there is significant spiritual consequence, not only to our neighbor, not only to our neighbor, but to us, but to us. See if these describe Christians as we know them today. See, when we're not connected to those that are around us who are far from God, one of the things we have a tendency to do is to isolate ourselves. We isolate ourselves. So I don't hang out with people who are not like me. I only look for people who, are, who, who believe like me, who talk like me, who sing like me, who dress like me. We as believers have isolated ourselves and it has been to our spiritual detriment. Why? Because in order for us to grow more intimate with God, we have to be where God is working. And one of the places where God is working is in the lives of those who are categorically different than us. So if we're not there, then yes, that's going to lead to spiritual dryness. And here's the result of that, is as Christians, when we go to church, we are going to church because we are looking at, hey, what can this church do for me? How can this church help me? How can this church build me? How can it strengthen me? How can the music be exactly what I want? We look at church from a very selfish perspective. However, when we make it a point because we're no longer isolated and we are spending time and we're connecting, we're connecting with those who are far from God, we, do, we look at church differently. We walk in and we think, hey, does it, if, if this person that I've been talking to, if they came to church, would the music relate to them? If they came to church, would the message relate to them? If they came to church, would they find a donut stale <laughs> and a coffee cold? You know, we look at all of those things. We look at church very differently when we are making it a point to be connected. You know, another consequence is not are we isolated, we're afraid. We're afraid. What if I do get in a conversation with someone who's categorically different than me? How do I manage that conversation? How do I, how do I process that? How do, how do I do that? What, what do I say? What if I offend them? We are so driven by fear, and maybe I wouldn't use the word driven, we are so backed by fear. We are so uh, driven. What's the opposite of driven? Uh, broken? Braked? <laughs> We're not moving forward. Reverse. That's a good one. We're going in reverse because of our fear. And see, what happens is when we're not connecting with others that are far from God, you know what happens to us? It actually moves us further from God and from who he is, and how he could work in our lives. Reverse. I think I like that word, because I think it is a great description for us. And if you're not moving forward in faith, you're moving backward in fear. 
So I really want to encourage you, take the step. The other consequence is because of fear. Fear leads to misunderstanding. Because I'm not connected with you, because I don't really know you, it's easy to, kind of con- to jump to conclusions about your motives, about your processes, about your thoughts. It's, it's easy to jump to conclusions about who you are, about your lifestyle, about your choices. And, it, and the result of that is judgmentalism. See, it's easy for me to judge someone that I don't know. When I don't know their story, when I don't know their background, when I don't know the conditions of their life, when I don't know their challenges, when I, know, when I don't know their setbacks, it is so easy for me to be judgmental. But you know what? When I knock on the door and I sit down and I invite them over for dinner and they invite me over for dinner and we come to this place of love, there's this story that I love in John chapter four where Jesus encounters this woman who is far from God and they have this incredible conversation and she runs into town and she tells the people in her town, look, you gotta meet this guy. I think this guy is the one, he's the Messiah. And I love this. It says in John chapter 4, verses 39 through 41, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, I love this part, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed two more days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Just imagine if we approached the people around us with love. We're love being the single agenda of what it is that we do. Now, does that mean we have to agree? We're not going to agree on everything. We're not going to agree on everything. But love is able to see over those things and say, look, let's find our commonalities. Let's hang out and let's talk. And because now I have shown you love and connected with you in love, even when we differ on what it is that we believe, love is still the defining characteristic. So it allows us to continue to build great relationships with others. What is love if love was the thing that really and truly drove us? That really and truly drove us? What if it was love? Now again, one of the things that we like to do is we like to take a couple of nuggets from the message from last Sunday and take them and look at how can we apply them to our lives. And so here's the first nugget. And again, and I've said this before, what if Jesus meant your literal neighbor? Now just imagine if we approached our neighbors from the perspective of my only agenda is to love you. And and what does that look like? What does it mean when you say that my only agenda is to love you? My only agenda in loving you is to get to know you, is to get to know your story, get to know your background, and maybe through that we can dialogue, you can get to know my story, get to know my background. We might even differ and disagree on certain things, but because of the fact that we are neighbors and we get along with one another, I respect you, you respect me, we still get along great. And then not only that, when I see that you have a need, I step in. Maybe if I see that you're struggling in your health, maybe I bring you over dinner. Maybe when I see that you are trying to rake your yard, I run and I grab a rake and I join you and help you rake your yard too. Maybe when it's the Super Bowl, I invite you over and we hang out and we watch the game together. 
I mean, we can just go through the list of what it would look like to just connect. My kids play with your kids. We have fun. You know, we get to know one another. My dog plays with your dog. <laughs> we could just go through the list of what it would look like. And because now we've gotten to the point where we're able to engage in conversation, even when there's disagreements, because we know one another and we understand where one another comes from, we're able to filter through those disagreements and get through it so much better and so much easier. And it's also easier for me to say, you know what, I messed up, please forgive me, I was wrong. We could do those, I mean, just imagine what it really would look like if we loved our neighbor as ourselves. So that's the first nugget. What if Jesus meant your literal neighbor? Now my second nugget is a challenge. What I wanna encourage you to do is make a chart. Put one box in the middle and then eight boxes around it. One box in the middle, the box in the middle represents you. The eight boxes that are around it represents your neighbors. So here's the question. Can you write the names of eight of your neighbors? Just write their names. Like, could you, could you do that? I, I wanna challenge you today to try that. And if you can't, please don't feel guilty about it. Do something about it. Again, walk over, knock on the door, introduce yourself to your neighbor. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that it will be embarrassing to walk over to your neighbor and say, look, I've lived here for 10 years and I've never taken a chance to get to know you. So you can even start with an apology. You know, can you forgive me for that? Can you forgive me for that? And I've just been inspired. I've been inspired to just really get to know the people that are around me, the people in my neighborhood. And I guarantee you, it'll be received. It'll be received. Your neighbor might feel awkward too. <laughs> because he or she have lived there for 10 years. They've never gotten a chance to get to know you. So it's a chance for you to break the ice. And just, I don't know. I don't know what could come out of it but I know something beautiful can. So I, I really want to encourage you to take that step to get to know your neighbor and just learn how to be a good neighbor. Again, as Christians, we should be the best neighbor on the block, bar none, bar none, bar none. So let's do that. Let's take this step to really begin to look at the scriptures. And as we look at the scriptures, to see how Jesus loved those who were far from him and to love them the way that he loved them, to love our neighbors the way that he loved them. Let's do it. Let's go out and let's do it. And who knows, maybe what you'll find is your neighbor is a lot closer to God than you thought. <laughs> you just might find that. So I'm challenging our church to do this as well. I want to ask you to do me a favor. 
If you're listening to this and you live in the North Torrance area and you're a Christian and you, of course you don't go to encounter, I want to challenge you to talk to your pastor and have your pastor call me. What I would love to do is I would love to get together with the pastors in our city and talk about creating a movement of Christians who simply love their neighbor as themselves. Let's make that happen. How would that change our city? How would that change our city? Would the elderly shut in, get visited now because they have great neighbors? Would at-risk kids now begin to have mentors because of their neighbors? When a family is going through a health challenge and the neighbors rally around them and say, hey, we will bring you dinner each day, a different neighbor's bringing dinner each day. I mean, think about the beauty of that. And what if we were catalysts to make something like this happen? I believe it's possible. And what we can do is we can begin to show people that the love of Christ is powerful, it's palpable, it's real, and it's in me. Oh, man. How beautiful would that be? Well, usually at this point, I would talk about the three things that Encounter's all about, love up, love out, love in, but I've already covered those three. So I just want to encourage you, again, if you are listening to this and if you're not connected to a church and you're looking, I'd love to have you come out to Encounter. Services on Sunday mornings, 10.30 a.m. Please come on out for one of our services as we dig into, and we're going to spend about three more weeks looking at this call to love our neighbors. Next week, here's what we're going to do, is we're going to look at the first barrier that hinders us from being able to love our neighbor. And I think that this first barrier actually hinders us in a lot of areas of our lives, but it's one of those things that can be overcome and we can see change happen. So make sure that you are here listening next week to the podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast. And with that in mind, if you could do me a favor, if you can rate and review us uh, specifically, I I would love it if you give us five stars, (laughs) but um, if you wouldn't give us five stars, I would also love to know why. What can we do to make this podcast better? to grow, to help it be able to uplift, encourage, and change lives, because that's what it's really about. But with that, thank you for taking this time to spend this moment with me. So now let's go out there and let's love our neighbor. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation uh, to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.